Thanks for tuning in to the Charles Novell School of Music podcast, The Best Day Yet. Here you'll find tips, insight, and information to help your music and your ministry succeed. Whether you're a singer, a musician, or a songwriter, we want to help you where you are, but we also want to help you get to where you want to go. We believe that our talents are God's gift to us, but what we do with those are our gift back to God. Yesterday's information is important, but what we can learn today will make this the best day yet. Hello, Rob Novell here. We're back for another episode of the Charles Novell School of Music podcast, The Best Day Yet. Hope this finds everyone doing well and hope and pray you had a great Thanksgiving last week with your families. I know we sure did. Uh, We were a little different this year. We we hosted at our home and we had my uh, sister-in-law, Jen's sister, Angie was in and uh, Angie's youngest daughter, Taylor. Angie came down from uh, Cincinnati and Taylor came up from um, Hilton Head. She's living down there now and we were able to have them with us and we just had an amazing time. And again, I hope you did as well with your family and uh, man, it's just had me reflecting on things that that I'm thankful, um, blessed, and grateful for in in my life. And God has given so much in all three of those areas for for us to to be blessed, thankful, and grateful for in life. From um, health to a great family to um, God providing our needs, uh, meeting our needs, uh, just great kids. I could go on and on and on and on. I'm blessed and thankful for so much. Last week's episode, we talked about what a blessing our staff at CNS is, uh, not only to CNS and to the Charlesville School of Music, but to to the Novell family. And uh, me personally, I love doing life with these people. And so I've just been, I've been thinking and reflecting of a scripture I can't get out of my head. And uh, a couple songs, too, that I I just keep thinking about. Um, The scripture is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know what? The challenge there, it doesn't say in some things, give him thanks. When you feel like it, give him. When things are going good, give him thanks. No, it says in everything. And um, that scripture got me thinking of a song I remember my dad teaching our youth choir when I was growing up in, in the youth group. The song was called, it was after, you know, I, I'm sure, I don't know the exact story, but it had to be written after First Thessalonians 5.18. The title of the song is In Everything Give Thanks. And I just, I want to read those lyrics today. It ties into what we're going to be talking. It says, in everything, give him thanks, give him thanks. In everything, give him thanks. In the good times, praise his name. In the bad times, do the same. In everything, give the King of Kings all the thanks. That's the chorus to the song. Verse 1 says, With all the good things that had come his way, is it any wonder you could hear Job say, The Lord giveth and he taketh away, I'll still give him thanks. But when the tables were all turned around and Job's world came crashing down, his faith in God caused Job to say, I'll still give him thanks. 
Think about that. Everything, if you know the story of Job, with everything that he endured, everything he faced, everything that he went through, he still decided to give God thanks for everything in his life. Verse 2, the the writer turned this more personal. When troubles come and there's no one around, Satan tries to tell you that God's let you down. But through every dark hour, the best thing I've found is to give my God thanks. For he has never, he has never failed me yet. So why should I start now to worry or fret? In everything, I won't ever forget to give God all of the thanks. Think about the things you've been through. Think think about the situations that um, your troubles, your mountains, your your valleys, all those situations that you've come through in life. He's never, never failed. He never fails. So I love that that second to last line in that verse. So why should I start to worry or fret? You know, we tend to put ourselves into situations uh, because we lean on our own understanding and not tr- put our trust and faith in God. He's never failed us. Why should we worry? Why should we fret when things don't go our way or don't come our way? I saw a meme too on social media over the holiday that was great. It was a cartoon of a little girl and her mom and dad sitting at the table and they're carving the turkey. And she just had a simple question. She's like, why can't we be this thankful every single day? Man, that challenged me when I saw that. And, uh, you know, we should be, we, we grumble and complain and we're going to talk today. The, 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 the difference between positive and negative thinking, how it affects our lives, how it affects our health, uh, how it affects our music, how it affects our ministry, the difference between the two. How do we become more thankful? How do we answer that little girl's question in that meme? Uh, why can't we be thankful every day? How do we become more thankful? Well, it's simple, very, very simple. It's through the power of positive thinking. You know, my dad was a very positive person. He was upbeat all the way, all the way to the end when he was when he was sick and not doing well. My my dad, for the last fifteen years or so of his life, had he had been diagnosed with Parkinson's. But if you saw my dad, he would tell you, "I have Parkinson's, but Parkinson doesn't have me." Man, that's the difference between thinking positively about an outcome in your life and the difference between thinking negatively. It wasn't, oh yeah, I've got Parkinson's, this is bad. It was, hey, I've got Parkinson's, or that's what they told me, but Parkinson's doesn't have me. So positive thinking is how we start to become more thankful in our lives. You know, is is your glass half empty or half full? You know, how do we answer this age-old question about positive thinking and how we answer it uh, may reflect our outlook on life, our attitude towards ourselves, uh, whether you're optimistic or pessimistic. And it may even, it will, it'll affect your health or you all, the health of your ministry. We've got to erase negative and we've got to replace it with positive. So on the other side of positive is what? Negative thinking. Negative thoughts are sometimes referred to as cognitive distortions. Uh, These are faulty thinking patterns that can lead to negativity and it can play a role in causing problems such as poor self-esteem, anxiety, and even depression in our lives. And you know what? Negative thoughts, (laughs) they're not all negative. Uh, We have them by default. If, if we look at our history, if um, 
couple examples. Uh, primal living. Think about their negative thoughts was a survival mechanism. When they walked out of those caves, they didn't know what was waiting to eat them. So they, they were a little fearful. They probably were saying, you know what? I know I got to go out and fetch us some water, but what if? And and it could be. And all these questions that may be looking um, more negative, more pessimistic, you know, it was kind of by default negative thinkings within us. I, I do believe, you know, everything was perfect in the garden un- until that apple and we're not we're not here to point fingers as to who messed it all up but here's the thing uh, i think there was more positive thinking before that apple had a bite taken out of it i think negativity arrived negativity i think came in through sin and through the the fall with with adam and things changed greatly on the other side of that let's talk about the 10 most common negative thinking patterns. I promise you, if you don't cut this off right now, if you don't get negative (laughs) and cut this thing off right now, I promise you, as you listen through this, you're going to find yourself in at least one, if not multiple on this list. So the 10 most common negative thinking patterns, number one, all or nothing thinking, seeing things in black and white, no shades of gray. If things aren't perfect, you see them as a failure. Uh, for example, you start a new diet and maybe in the first few days you're eating according to your plan, you're sticking to the script, and then you have uh, that little piece of apple pie and then you beat yourself up for not being perfect and you tell yourself, man, I've blown it. I might as well just eat the whole pie. I am such a failure. So this is all or nothing thinking. Number two, overgeneralization or a a victim mentality. One thing happens and you believe that it always happens to you, or you want something to happen in your life. And when it doesn't, you believe, oh, that's never going to happen for me. These are, these thoughts are upsetting and set up a cycle of defeat. Uh, Example here, you ask someone out on a date and they say, no, your automatic response is I'll never find someone to go out with me. Uh, so we over over generalization. We we believe we are the victim. We're gonna revisit this victim thing probably a couple times through here. Number three, mental filter. Of all the things going well, you pick one negative detail out and you focus all of your attention on it. For example, you receive twenty feedback forms after facilitating a workshop. Nineteen of the forms were filled with positive statement statements about you and your work. One form noted that you could have managed the time better. All you thought about was the one negative statement while ignoring the other 19 positive feedback. So the mental filter. Number four, discounting the positive. You often feel inadequate or underappreciated because you ignore positive experience. For example, you sang beautifully on stage but told yourself it wasn't good enough. Man, I, this one, I find myself in this one all the time. I, I am not necessarily good with receiving um, praise for, for things that I do on stage. Um, and, and, you know, we may have a whole podcast about this one day, the whole deflect, deflect, deflect thing. Oh, you know, Rob, that was really good. Well, praise God, praise God. You know what? We should praise God. But at the same time, I got to constantly keep myself reminded God opened that door for me to go and do that. 
And if someone wants to compliment what I did, you know what? I might be robbing the blessing God's given them through what he's called me there to do. So, um, you know, discounting the positive. Don't overlook that. Number five, jumping to conclusions. How often have you jumped to a conclusion based on a feeling or thought without any evidence to support it? You know, a couple couple examples here. The mind reading example. You seem to know exactly how someone is thinking. You often interpret or an action or a response and conclude that you're not liked or that someone is angry with you. You jump to conclusions. I have some people um, that in, in my life that, that this is I, this this is on their list. This they, they find themselves here. They're constantly looking for a affirmation. Maybe you know uh, um, to make sure that I'm not upset with them for something. And it's okay. You know, um, again, we're going to find ourselves on this list and negative thinking is not all negative. We'll see that before we're done. Um, the, so that's mind reading example. The other one is a fortune telling you already know you're going to struggle with something before it's even started. You make it an uphill battle before it even begins. Again, I find myself here a little bit jumping to conclusions. Um, I'll get different deadlines, different things that I have to do, and I will look at it and seemed overwhelmed with um, the task at hand in front of me. Man, I see this as a music teacher with my students, put a new piece of music in front of them and they look at that and they jump to conclusions. They look at that saying, there's no way I can play that. And before a couple of weeks pass, they, they see it, they get excited because they're playing it. And uh, don't jump to conclusions here. Number six, magnification or minimization. And this one is definitely me. Uh, Your special magnifying glass can magnify an issue, making it bigger than it really is, or you're able to minimize the situation and your positive qualities. For example, you agreed to pick up milk on the way home from work. With a lot of things on your mind, you forget in your mind, you become the most forgetful, unreliable, disorganized person ever in the existence of the world. Uh, Jen, she will text me and I'll be in the middle of something and she will. She'll ask me to specifically bring something home. And uh, generally it's just one thing. Occasionally there might be a couple things, but she leads with what she needs the most. And uh, man, I have stopped. I've remembered to stop at the grocery store. I'll go in, I'll get a small little cart full of some things. I'll load it up. I'll head to the house. I'll walk in and start taking this. And the very thing you all that she asked me to get, I forgot. And uh, she's like, what happened to the, and man, I do. I start beating myself up. I magnify the situation and I'm like, Rob is an idiot. He is a failure. He's unreliable. He's disorganized. So that's magnification or minimization. Number seven, emotional reasoning. Uh, This cognitive disorder allows you to believe that whatever you're feeling, it must be true. For example, you're anxious about driving. So you've concluded that driving is unsafe. Man, I, I deal with people that, that struggle here with emotional reasoning. Um, they, they feel like maybe the world is out to get them. Here's another victimization, uh, victim mentality uh, number on this list. Number seven, emotional reasoning. Uh, you're anxious again about things. So you just, you know, that's no good. That's no good at all. Uh, number eight, should statements. Uh, you have a clear idea about how things should or shouldn't be. And when they don't turn out that way, 
we tend to blame ourselves or others. For example, I should have done it my way instead of listening to you. It's your fault and it didn't work out. Man, I have I have dealt with people in my life that um, here's another victim mentality. Uh, this should statements. Well, I, I should have done it this way because I tried to do this and man, that door never opened for me. And um, people get stuck in a rut and I've heard it said this way a rut is just a grave with with the the ends kicked out Um, we get get ourselves because of this negative thinking this should statement I should have done I shouldn't have done I should have I shouldn't have we spend so much time second guessing that we miss out on what God is needing us to do number nine labeling this distortion is like the all or nothing thinking that we talked about. Um, you label yourself in a negative way when you've done something you or others don't like. Uh, you don't realize that you are not your behavior. Similarly, when someone else does something or something you don't like or makes a mistake, you label them you r- and you write them off as if their behavior is who that they are. Um, again, victimization. Uh, for example, you, you give someone directions and that turns out to be wrong. Instead of recognizing you've made a mistake, you label yourself, I'm such an idiot. Or you give someone else a label when he or she disappoints you and, and they make a mistake. Well, he, she, they're a liar. They didn't hold up. They're, they're, you know what? Um, they're not credible. They're not integral. They said they were going to do this. It didn't happen. So we start to label ourselves and we start to label other people when things don't go our way. Uh, my, I, I remember a, a story that's really, really helped me here recently. Um, my, w- you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with this whole cancel um, society. You know, I, I, I sure hope taking a lady off a, a syrup bottle has changed um, the course and trajectory of this world. I sure hope they got their way with that. Um, crazy with the whole, you know, canceling. Uh, last election, the COVID season, man, I got dropped like a, a basketball um, by so many people on social media because, uh, and I'm not one to put my stuff out there. I just don't think that that's not the hill I'm going to die on social media. I'm not going to really put my opinion out there on things. I'll stand when I need to stand. And the word of God clearly tells us that we need to stand on uh, what's right, what's moral, what's biblical, what, 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 what's Christ-like. So I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to water anything down. But at the same time, I, I'm, I'm just not looking for that debate because, um, or I'm not taking the bait on the debate because you're not going to win. You're not going to sway anybody's opinion. But a lot of people, just in things that I would post that weren't necessarily um, a, uh, you know, controversial or opinionated, but just supportive of things. I had people attack me dropped me. Um, you know, recently I got cut because I had to make a, a, a decision, uh, a business decision for the Charles Novell School of Music and a ministry, more importantly, decision for the Charles Novell School of Music. And it, it, it caused me to be cut off, to be dropped, to be excommunicated. Uh, people label us through these situations. And I remember my parents um, having done something, and it's helped me through this season. Um, years ago, they were doing, for the school, they were spending quite a bit of money every year advertising in the Singing News magazine. 
but we weren't seeing any results. We weren't getting students actually come to the school because of um, the money that they were spending. So this one particular year, they said, Robbie, we just want to let you know, we are not going to buy um, those ads in the singing news this year. We're going to take that money and we're going to apply it elsewhere. Okay. But here was the lesson that I learned through that. They did not cancel their singing news subscription. They continued to receive the singing news. Singing news at that time, that, that advertising there was not a profitable market for us in bringing students to the school. But they did not cancel the singing news. They did not label the singing news in general as bad people because we weren't getting anything out of our investment. They stopped advertising, but they didn't cancel the subscription. And I think we get so quick to pull that trigger with labeling and canceling. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a negative thought that's not a healthy thought. Nothing's really good going to come out of cutting people loose uh, for reasons that are generated by yourself labeling them through a situation that has happened. Let's move on. Number 10, personalization and blame. You hold yourself responsible for events and things that you don't have 100% control over. Uh, well, I lost a job there, but I wasn't in control, but it's still my fault. Uh, this distortion involves the blame game. When you blame something or someone else, you don't have to look at your part in the situation. You know, you... Uh, well, I said blame yourself, okay, but that's, that's actually not what I'm trying to say here. You, you, you point fingers elsewhere. I mean, I've heard it preached this way. When you point a finger at someone, there's three in your palm pointing back at you. I mean, too many people don't want to take responsibility for their part in this dance. And ladies and gentlemen, it takes two to tango. Maybe we should name this two to tango today. I Maybe I'll go back in and change the title. So, for example, your child gets into trouble at school. And instead of being curious about what happened and why, you blame yourself for being a terrible parent or you blame others for your child challenges at school. Uh, it's the teacher's fault that my child is in trouble. She's a terrible teacher. Man, I've been called a lot of things here recently because, again, of decisions that I had to make uh, to protect. I mentioned earlier, I'm going to stand when I need to stand. And when things are affecting the ministry of the Charles Neville School of Music and there's adjustments that I need to make, we've talked about it before. I'm going to adjust in advance. We're going to fix what needs to be fixed and we're going to move forward because God has called us to do a specific task and I'm going to remove distractions out of the way that get in the way of what God needs us to, to, to do. So those again, um, those are 10, the 10 most common of negative thinking patterns. And again, I think if you go back through that list, you're going to find yourself in one or multiple of those. I definitely see myself in several on that list. And those are things that on a daily basis, it's just God help me in this area. Help me, help me, help me get better. Because here's, here's, the, here's the difference at this stage of the podcast today. We've just talked about you know, the 10 most common negative thinking patterns. If we don't look to break these in our lives, we can't get better. And here's, it's this simple. If you don't get better, y'all, you get bitter. And bitterness is going to lead you down a rough path and a rough road 
that as you're heading down that bitterness road, you're passing many signs that say one way, a one way street. And that one way is not going to get you to where you need to go. So uh, let's talk next five steps that we can do to change our thinking. Uh, Our thoughts create our feelings, changing our thoughts, change how we feel. Uh, This simple and yet challenging formula that we're going to talk, it's going to help turn these cognitive distortions that we've talked around. It's going to help us turn them around. Uh, The strategies we're going to talk about challenge each one so that we can begin to think more effectively and realistically. As we practice these, we'll find ourselves feeling better about ourselves, others, uh, our ministries, our music. You all, this, this is stuff that needs to be applied on our person on ourselves individually on who we are first and foremost but then we can run this through the filter of uh, our music we can run this through the filter of our ministry so again five steps to change our thinking step one identify your distortions identify what these cognitive distortions are keep a journal a good thing to do is keep a journal as you become familiar more familiar with these 10 that we talked about notice which ones you seem to favor Uh, write down your thoughts and with these corresponding distortions in your journal to help you keep track of what you're thinking about and how you're feeling through through all of these so journal write this stuff down step two challenge your thinking it's important to challenge your thoughts because not all of our thoughts are true as you write down your thoughts and the corresponding distortion uh, of the 10 ask yourself is this really true do i know this to be true for sure have i checked all the facts take a step back and assess the situation again Continue challenging your thinking with other questions such as, am I really a bad person or could it be that she was doing the best she could and just made a mistake? Or when would this not be true? Or uh, did I have a part to play in this? Was I responsible here? (laughs) Could it be? Could it be? Step three, compassionate self-talk. We're often extremely hard on ourselves. Rob's got both. You can't see me, but I've got both my hands in the air right now. I am my own worst critic. But listen, you all, there is a fine line between constructive criticism and destructive criticism. Most popular class during CNS every summer is our performance training. This is where you get up, you do what God's called you to do. You sing, you play, you do both. You do what it is that you do. And we have staff in the room that critiques your performance. They're going to offer you things that will help you with your stage presence. Um, maybe get technical vocally with you if you're a singer and, and maybe how to approach this be- better from breathing or addiction or something on the technical end. Stage presence and tips are given to you all the way down to song selection. You know what? That may not be the best song for you. Um, so we are offering constructive criticism and a critique on your performance. I tell my staff, and I, again, I know if you listen to last week's episode, I, I'm not in all those performance training sessions and I can't be because of teaching or we have two sessions that happen simultaneously. I can't be in both rooms at the same time. I trust the staff that we have in place to be in those rooms and speak on the Charlesville school of music's behalf when I can't be in there to be, listen to what they're saying. So, um, I, again, there's a thin line between constructive and destructive criticism. So compassionate self-talk. Our self-talk is harsh. 
uh, negative and sometimes it's abusive when, when we think about how we would speak to a good friend. Chances are I wouldn't approach a friend the way that I approach Rob sometimes. We, we talked earlier on that list. Um, number four was discounting the positive. And the example was, you know, hey, you did great. You come off the stage, you're done with your service, you're at your product table, and somebody comes up and says, you know, you you you, you played beautifully, Rob. That was great. And, um, you know, in my head, I'm beating myself up saying, no, that wasn't near good enough. I'm not going to tell a close friend necessarily. I'm not going to be that harsh or abusive on them with um, with my feedback to them. So, you know, compassionate self-talk. Talk to yourself you know, the way you would talk to a friend for each distortion you've identified, write down how you would respond with it to a good friend. Then practice using this more compassionate self-talk with yourself. Step number four, seek support. Uh, Find a friend or someone you trust to help you challenge your assumptions and these distortions. The right questions can help you shift your perspective from black and white to shades of gray, creating some flexibility and the way you think, and they can help lower your stress. You'll feel less anxious and you'll shift away from, from getting down and, and depressed. Just seek some help, have a support team in your life. Uh, I've had some amazing support in my life. My dad was great. Um, just such an encourager. And then my big brother, Jeff Stice was another one, man, Jeff, I would get calls from Jeff and I'd answer and he'd be like, okay, tell me what's wrong. And it's like he just, he, we we were like these Jedi mind tricks. He felt a disturbance in the force and would just reach out to me. Man, God's given me, uh, with them passing on and moving on and not being here, I find myself wanting to pick the phone up and call either my dad or Jeff, and I can't. But God has um, not replaced them. You don't replace people, but... He's replaced people on my support team, people. I have some close people now in my life that I can reach out to. Um, and, and there's a lot of times I'll just run a scenario by one of these support people and I'll be like, Hey, am I reading this right? Am I reacting right to this? Did I handle this properly? Uh, I'm looking just for support to help me here. Step five, positive, negative outcome. Self-assessment is key to finding the mental and that finding that the mental and the emotional freedom you're looking for um, as you challenge yourself through your own cognitive distortions. By asking yourself to assess the positive and negative outcome of sticking with your perspective, you're able to decide whether it's worth keeping or changing it. So positive and negative outcomes. Look, self-assessment here. Ask yourself these questions, I think, I think you'll find if you ask yourself these questions, it's really going to help. Uh, how will it help me or hurt me if I believe this particular cognitive distortion? Uh, will it move me closer to being the person I want to be? Or is it going to move me further away from being that person? Uh, if I dig my heels in and continue to believe this thought, how will it impact my relationship, my music, my ministry? Man, I have had people that have dug their heels in to multiple items on that list of 10 that we talked about. And man, it will. It'll affect your relationships. It will affect, could affect your job. It definitely can affect your ministry. Uh, It's going to close more doors for you than open more doors if you hang on to some of these things. So um, 
digging your heels in and, and standing, as we talked about earlier, are two different things. You know, we can just, we're all, or we can all be st- stubborn and say, you know what? I'm right. They're wrong. You know, it's, it. well, I'll tell them, I'll, let me tell you this. And, you know, whew, here we go. You know, so that's not standing. That's digging your heels in and saying, you know what? I'm not going to compromise. Man, the most successful thing in any relationship is communication. If you can't talk something out, it ain't going to get resolved. Um, so next, next, you know, question you can ask yourself, how do I feel about myself? Man, Rob deals with this a lot. How do I truly feel about myself? I've got, uh, you know, that I've got to work on that compassionate self-talk and build myself up. There's power in, 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 in our tongue. The word tells us that. Uh, the last question here, does believing this distortion help or harm my depression, confidence, self-worth, anxiety, etc.? Is this um, helping me or is this harming me? Uh, challenging your cognitive dis- distortions does take practice and patience. You know what? I, I'm not saying we're gonna you're gonna fix these things overnight. I pointed out on purpose some of the things. You know, if you've listened to enough of these, you know I've said before. I'm gonna be open, transparent on this uh, because I, I I believe God allows us to go through things to help other people avoid things. Man, I'm letting you know today. I'm finding myself on. Um, lines on that list. Um, and, and what, what I'm wanting to do is find out, is that going to help me, um, or harm me? Do I need to deal with that? Do I need to get rid of that? Challenge your cognitive distortion. It's going to take practice, you all, and patience. It's all these things again, aren't going to change overnight, but I guarantee your life will become so much better as you begin to take control of your thoughts instead Here's the deal of allowing your thoughts to take control of you. Um, Replace the negative with the positive. Just want to wrap up today with a couple quotes I ran across as I was studying for this. Uh, Positive thinking will let you do everything better than negative thinking will. That is Zig Ziglar. Uh, Second one, positive anything is better than negative nothing. I love that one. Albert Hubbard said that. And then this last one, I don't know where it came from, but I love it. It says, in every day, there are 1,441 minutes. That means we have 1,440 daily opportunities to make a positive impact. Y'all, I promise again, if you'll take control of your thoughts, instead of allowing your thoughts to take control of you, the day that you and God get a handle on that, you're going to realize that's going to become your best day yet. Y'all be blessed. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Charles Novell School of Music podcast, The Best Day Yet. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the name The Charles Novell School of Music. And for more information on CNS and our upcoming events, like our online school, our weekend regional sessions, our creative coaching, and our pastor's retreat, you can visit us at our website at www. .cnsmusic.com As you've listened to this episode, we hope that you've gained some information that you can apply to your music and to your ministry to make today the best day yet.